Okay, hello there, and welcome to the very first episode of OK Christian, a podcast by yours truly, Aaron Arnett. And I'm so happy that you are here listening. This is kind of a new venture for me. I wanted I wanted to get more into writing in 2023, and so that's what I'm going to be doing. And then this is the companion podcast. And the way that I would like this to work is I'm going to write something, which I'm going to read to you here in just a, a few seconds if you haven't already read it. And then I want to get feedback from people that I know because I want to find out if I'm crazy or not. So what is the general idea behind my, what is a blog, Substack for now? And and what why am I doing it? Well, the general idea is, I, honestly... When I look at the internet, mainly, I see a lot of really, really kind of dumb Christians, and I'm tired of what I see. And so my idea is, I'm going to write about the the dumb things that Christians do, and I'm going to tell them why it's not right, why it's not correct, and why we should be doing something else instead. Am I an expert? No, but I have been around the block a few times, so... I feel like I've got I've got the advice enough to give in order to be able to write a weekly blog like this and to podcast about it. But just in case I'm wrong, that's why I'm doing the podcast because I want to get that feedback to know whether or not maybe I'm maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I'm dumb. So that's what I'm going to find out here. Today, So this very first post of the new year, 2023, is called 2023 is probably not your year. Here's the reason the calendar changing is about as effective as a star in the sky at changing your life. The earliest New Year's Eve I remember is Y2K. I'm sure if I were to think back or have my memory jogged that I would be able to pinpoint other ones, but I was 9 and 11 twelfths years old at the time of Y2K, so in the words of the formerly relevant John Stossel, give me a break. In the weeks leading up to Christmas break that year, the school told us that they were going to send us home with about six weeks of homework just in case. Wait a minute. You might be young enough to not even know what Y2K means. For those of you seasoned enough to remember... Here's a review for the youngsters. Y2K stood for, wait for it, year 2000. Where does the K come from? Well, here's a Jeopardy fact for you. K is the Greek letter for 1000. Anyway, someone, let's just say Bill Gates and Steve Apple Jobs, apparently were looking at their VCR, do I have to explain what that was too? And realized that when they were setting their calendar on there, the years only went up to 99. And that was a problem because the dates for the days and year of 1900 did not match up with the year 2000. January 1st, 1900 was a Monday. January 1st, 2000 would be a Saturday. That fact alone would, according to the nerds of our society, change life on earth as we know it with every device that read years in only two digits as such the month, month, day, day, year, year. It would change everything. VCRs would no longer be able to record days of our lives when scheduled. Submarines would fly. Airplanes would nosedive into the ocean because their computers thought it was Tuesday instead of Thursday. Vacuums would blow instead of suck. 
All of this would lead to society collapsing if we didn't do something about it. People actually kind of panicked. The scenes leading up to the new year in December 1999 kind of looked like the stupidity of the COVID times in 2020, except, to my recollection, the new hot survival item instead of toilet paper at Christmas 1999 was bottled water and canned stuff, which, once we never ate it and it expired, we gave it to the homeless shelters. But that should be the donation center's problem to look at the dates, not mine. The solution? Don't forget to turn off your computer before midnight. So... We all did it, and we watched as the kangaroo dropped in Sydney, Australia. No computer apocalypse. Then the London Bridge falls down at the last minute of the countdown in the UK. Nothing. Finally, the center of the universe, New York City, where all we had was a big ball, and it slid down the pole in its shiny glory, and wouldn't you know, the Y2K event was a big pile of steaming, stinking, maggot-infested nothing. Nothing happened. And I should have figured as much. The day before Christmas break, my school ended up canceling the homework packets. Did they know that nothing was going to take place? Probably. The world wasn't that dependent on computers in 1999. No one relied on GPS to get around. The internet was still a baby. In 1999, the internet could have been destroyed forever, and we had a society of people that would have been largely unaffected because they had lived most of their lives without it. This was the year that Seinfeld ended. Look at the tech they had in that show. That's where we were. But we made it, and that's what's most important. Not long after the clock struck midnight, the common sentiment, So long, 1999! That was the worst year ever! I'm looking forward to the year 2000! This is going to be my year! Rinse and repeat as necessary. That's the thing. We say that every year. Expecting that for some reason the calendar changing will somehow ring in a new era of amazing blessings and change in our life that will make it so amazing that at the end of the year we say, no, 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 don't change. But that never happens. I'm sure there's exception. But 99% of the time, the sentiment is good riddance. Why do we think changing a digit will change our lives? When you look at it that way, it doesn't make any more logical sense than to think a star's position in the sky when you were born will change your life. There is no external force from the date that is going to do anything different for your life. Not to mention the fact that a pope or someone named Greg made a new calendar to reflect the life of Jesus, but before that was a Jewish calendar. There's a Chinese calendar, and probably the coolest looking one that you could turn into a lowrider's rims, the Mayan calendar. It's all just made up. So do Chinese people's lives start changing on January 22nd, 2023 instead of the first? I hope you're catching my drift in this logic lunacy. So let me be the first to break it to you. This year isn't going to be your year either. If you start a new job this year, it isn't going to make you happy long term. If you get married, have a kid this year. It will change what your life looks like, your family structure for sure, but it won't be the happy ending to a chapter of your life. It will be hard. There will be times you'll be crying tears of joy, and times those tears are from pain. You'll feel amazing some days, and you'll feel lonely others, because we still live in a fallen world. It's 2023, and sin is still present on the earth. Sickness, death, and destruction are going to happen in 2023, and every year following until Jesus returns. The real issue here is Christians thinking that something outside of God has the power to transform you into someone different. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. 
If you trust Jesus as your Savior and believe that the Bible is the inerrant Word of God, then you must know that God is the one who makes the changes in our lives and not the calendar or anything else. When you put your hope in something else, like the year turning into a new one, that's idolatry. It's no different than a Christian wasting their time reading their horoscope. First of all, it's just all a bunch of bunk made up by some newspaper hack. But the zodiac signs are based on stars, and you're associated with them based on when you were born. Now, when you take a step back and look at your life, when has a star really ever done anything for you? Orion's belt couldn't even hold up your pants. That's how illogical all of this is. While our calendar may change, and it may change our attitudes, Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. That's what we need to look forward to every New Year's Eve, that whatever may come in the following year, whatever changes may occur in every celebration and every tribulation, one fact never changes. Jesus is on the throne. Nothing is going to happen in 2023 that he didn't know about already. Lord willing, he'll come back this year and end all this mess. But even if not, he's still good. He's still in control. And if there's any resolution we've made this year, it should be that we pray without ceasing. That's the end of the article. If you subscribe to my Substack, you'll see that there is an overtime section where I address some of the points that I made beyond, but I'm not going to discuss that here on the podcast. That's something that you've got to read. And now I'm going to bring in on this episode for someone to critique me, my number one critic in life, my wife, Brianna. Thank you for being on my podcast, even though you don't want to be. Yeah, no problem. So what did you think of my article? I thought it was good. Um, I was only, okay, was I three or four during Y2K if I was born in 96? You would have been three, almost four. Yeah, so I don't have any memory of that, but I do know that I grew up with a lot of canned foods in the basement, and I didn't really know why, and we never ate them, I don't think. I'll have to ask my mom. And... um I didn't realize that it was Y2K until <laughs> I was older and realized that people went canning crazy. Uh, so I thought that was a good way to kind of bring in some history and use that to get to your main point, which is that nothing can change us. Nothing is really going to save us except for Jesus. What was so funny about that time is I remember it really... It was something that I really didn't feel. I don't think I even felt this really uh, when 9-11 happened. When 9-11 happened, it was much more everyone was together and 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 not happy, but everyone was like, we're in this together. Y2K felt more like how I felt when I would go into a store during COVID, when COVID was first becoming a thing. I remember going to Target with you and... I noticed that they turned the music off in the store mm. and people were standing far apart and people were not acknowledging each other in the store. And there was, there was no eye contact or like the American thing of kind of like passing by and doing that slight little smile. There was none of that. Right. And I remember it was just, it was just so silent and nobody knew what was happening. That's how Y2K kind of felt for me. It was, it, I, mean, I don't remember going in stores and stuff, but I do remember that it felt more ominous. Mm. And can you imagine leading up to a date when like, you know, you fear that something is gonna, bad is going to happen. And like, you know, exactly when it's going to happen. Everybody knew 
that this bad thing might possibly happen at midnight on New Year's Eve. It's kind of funny. Do you remember when, I think it was 2012, they said that the Mayan calendar was ending and that the world was going to end after that? Do you remember that? Yeah. So I was actually at, I went to maybe three high school dances, waste of my time, biggest waste of my time. But I remember the last song that they played was the, was it by Kesha or something? It was like, the world's going to end was like the whole theme of the song. And I was thinking, wow, that is dramatic. And whoever that DJ is, is doing that on purpose. And of course we woke up the next day, but I don't even know why I'm saying this. There's just kind of funny memories of end of times things or feeling like somehow we know what's going to happen in the future when we don't. Right. So do you think that I'm, what's your biggest critique actually of what I wrote? (laughs) Am I wrong? I don't think you're wrong. I think my only critique is people have to understand your tone to be able to understand your point. I think a lot of people, I think you are misunderstood, Aaron. I think a lot of people don't know your your angle. Maybe they, they look at you as somebody who's too critical when they don't really know that you're, it's actually like you're using humor and using humor to make a point. And so people need to read your writings with that lens. I know you, I would say the best out of anybody in this world. You do. <laughs> so I, I know what you're trying to get at, but I think somebody who doesn't really know you and doesn't, doesn't know satire might read some of these things and be like, well, what, what is he trying to say? Is he like, why is he being offensive? Which if you're offended, that's, that's on you, but yeah, you just have to know your tone. Okay. But here's, here's the, the thing I have two points. One is about a cat. Remind me about that in case I forget. The first is what I am really passionate, passionate about is people who proclaim to have faith in Christ. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was prophesied for for thousands of years, comes, according to the prophecy, from the creator of the whole universe, who's done all of these things, created the whole world, animals, plants, oceans, Adam and Eve, and you've got Abraham and Moses and Noah, and and all of that happens. They all prophesy of of Jesus coming. He comes, lives a perfect life, dies, rises again three days later. And then 2023, some odd years later, someone goes, Hey, the calendar's changing. That's going to be the thing that changes my life. Even though I believe in Jesus. Like you're saying like the calendar being like the new year, <laughs> right? Like the calendar changes a digit. And then despite the fact that you have the Bible, that it is inerrant and you have your supposed faith in Christ, now your faith is in the calendar changing. That's my gripe. Yeah, I would say from like kind of a counterpoint, the new year for me is a good just general time to implement new habits or stop old habits. It's just a good like fresh time. And really you could start anything or stop anything at any time, but I think after Christmas people, they ate too much. There's a big focus on materialism and just the new year is a good time. I feel to, to make decisions, to have a more God honoring life. Or if you're not Christian, people make decisions to be, you know, just healthier physically. 
um, it's just a good kind of fresh start. So that would say like, that's a perspective to consider. And that's fine. And I, I appreciate that because I, I think you can have that to a degree. And I think that's the way that a Christian should think about it is that it something happening in the world gives me an excuse to make my life more or attempt to make my life more God honoring that I can agree with. My main thing in doing this entire podcast, and this is going to seem really weird, but just follow me here, is imagine a cat. Now, if you compare a dog to a cat, a dog is capable of a lot of things. They have dogs that can get people's medicine for them. They have dogs that lead people who are blind. But a dog's back is kind of rigid, and they're not very bendy in that way. (laughs) A cat could probably do all the things that a dog does, but a cat is more bendy. A cat has all of the physical abilities to pretty much go through your house, open doors, open the front door, unlock the door. It has the dexterity with its hands and all that to be able to do it. A cat with like two other cats could drive a car. They have the physical (laughs) abilities to be able to do it. But the key is why don't they do it? Because they don't know that they can. They have no... It's a good thing they don't know they can. (laughs) Okay, yes. And that's where like every analogy falls apart is there is some logical thing. I'm just saying our house would be overthrown if our two cats started conspiring against us. Right. But a a, a cat could, could do any of those things. A cat could get the TV remote and turn the channel to whatever channel it wants to watch. But it just doesn't know that it has the physical capability to do it. And that's how I feel about Christians is that they, they have the knowledge, they have the faith, but they don't, there's just something that doesn't click when, when they follow things of the world that have no, no anchor in scripture, such as the new year. Yeah. I think a lot of the reason why Christians don't like following this analogy, don't know they can is because of fear and fear can be rooted in lots of things, but I'd say fear would be the overall thing. Um, and lack of faith, really. Yeah, I agree. And and I would also argue that there's really not a lot of people out there who are saying, hey, by the way, what you guys are saying you believe and what you're acting like you believe are two different things. Yeah. And I just have little to no patience for Christians who claim Christ, but act pretty much like the rest of the world. And that's my whole motive for this whole thing. Yeah, that's a a big mountain to climb. That's for sure. So, so do you have anything else to say about my article itself? No, not really except for i didn't know who that guy is that you mentioned oh john stossel okay so i thought a lot of you may not know who john stossel is actually so in the article i posted a link to one of the more hilarious things that he did and it involves professional wrestling which maybe i'll throw in every so often so john stossel is or was he's still alive but i don't know if he still works for abc or not but he was on uh abc i think he was on 2020 the show with Barbara Walters, which Barbara Walters just passed away. Do you even know who Barbara Walters is? 
The name is familiar. I'm sure if I saw a picture, I would know. So Barbara Walters was the one of the anchors or hosts of 2020. Your audience needs to know that I pretty much live under a rock when it comes to pop culture references. Yeah. Like, you're lucky I know who Taylor Swift is. Yeah, so she's 93. I know the guy who discovered Taylor Swift, uh, according to him. But uh, <laughs> so... Uh, Barbara Walters just passed away in 93. Doesn't really matter to this conversation, but John Stossel was on 2020. He might've had his own show, but he did segments at least I think on 2020. And he was always kind of doing like investigative reporting on businesses, doing bad practices, that kind of stuff. Hmm. And he would always, his like catchphrase was give me a break. Like he would do things. He did this whole thing about professional wrestling. And I don't know if he actually ended this show on it. It might've been, might've been before he had the catchphrase. But he would be like, people tell me that professional wrestling is real. Give me a break. And then it would go back and show Barbara Walters. And she'd be like, oh, that's very interesting, John. I didn't realize that professional wrestling. I didn't realize that you were such a wuss. And you got slapped to the ground by that wrestler. <laughs> he gets slapped to the ground by the wrestler. You can see the link in the article. Anyway, that's who John Stossel is. Okay. Well. And it stuck with me because I remember watching it as a kid. And that was always the, like, I was like, oh, I got to see what the give me a break guy is going to say this week. <laughs> Your childhood was slightly different than mine. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this first episode of my podcast. It's called OK Christian. There's a comma in that because I think it of it as like OK Christian, like saddle up and go. And then like also how people say OK Boomer. So you can use mm. it like either way. Yeah, I, I don't even know what people mean when they say OK Boomer. That's another pop culture reference I'm not in on. Well, it's like a talk down kind of thing to baby boomers. So that's what this play is. It's like, no matter if you like me or hate me, you think that this title is good. I like baby boomers. That's a good generation. It is. Speaking of which, my dad's birthday is today. So happy birthday, dad. OK and Boomer. <laughs> subs <laughs> subscribe to this, everyone who's listened, and pay me in some financial way. Please. Thank you.